Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, September 8th, 2020, and this is your post-game podcast for Game 2 of the Western Conference Final, in which we saw the Vegas Golden Knights draw even with the Dallas Stars winning 3 to nothing on Tuesday night, now evening the series at a game apiece. My name is Danny Webster, and I appreciate you stopping by. For today's episode in which we will be breaking down Vegas's victory tonight, as well as discuss some line changes that I don't think a lot of people expected to see uh, tonight, but alas, they happened and they definitely contributed to this victory. Again, the Golden Knights now tied one to one in the Western Conference Final, which I mean, let's start there. That was a response. That was a that was a much needed response after what we saw in Game 1. And the talk after Game 1, we talked about it the other day, where the Golden Knights tired after playing, what, their fourth game in six nights? They just got done playing a back-to-back in Game 6 and 7. Were they tired? Did they hit a wall in fatigue? Or did they just run into a defensive buzzsaw that were the Dallas Stars? And it looked like it was the former on this night. The Golden Knights win, tie the conference final in the game at a piece, behind a three-goal Second period, which we will talk about in a little bit, Robin Leonard with a 24-save shutout, his second straight shutout, and fourth in 16 days after getting the day off in Game 1, in which Marc-Andre Fleury was the starter in Game 1. By the way, uh, here's your stat of the night. Two goalies have four shutouts in a single postseason since 2018. Only two goalies have recorded four shutouts in a single postseason since 2018. That would be Robin Leonard. And Marc-Andre Fleury, both as a member of the Golden Knights. So, yeah, that's that's two elite goalies that they got going for them right there. Uh, but the, on this night, the Golden Knights looked refreshed and much better in this game. And I know that sounds simple, and I know that sounds uh, very, very ordinary, but that literally what it was. They looked refreshed, they looked rejuvenated, and they looked like the better team on this night. And maybe it was the fact that they got Ryan Reeves back in the lineup. I mean, Pete DeBoer talked about it earlier about the importance of having Reeves, your enforcer, the guy that lays the tone and sets the tone and lays the hammer on his opposition when they're in need of a spark. And which is why they start the fourth line. DeBoer started the fourth line after not doing it in game one. And they set the tone. Reeves had six hits in nine minutes, 49 seconds. Carrier had a team high nine hits in 9.33. Nosek had six hits in 11.23. And when they got back to setting the tone, the Golden Knights as a whole got back to what made them successful in the Vancouver series. They clogged the neutral zone. They suppressed shots. They took away dangerous chances. And that showed in the shot chart through the first two periods, eight to five. Uh, uh, shots on goal for the Golden Knights in the first period, 19 to seven in the second period in favor of the Golden Knights. Dallas got frustrated. They committed some very dumb penalties and they allowed Vegas to get settled in the offensive zone. And 
I think you could probably say for the first time in a little bit, we saw some patience. We saw some some plays that were not rushed by the Golden Knights, and that paid off in a big way, especially in that second period and especially on that first goal of the game where Braden McNabb finds Max Pacioretty before, below the goal line. He's holding onto the puck, holds onto it. Hanley slides towards him to try and block a potential shot or block a potential pass. Pacioretty keeps it, keeps it, keeps it. Last second finds Paul Stasny in front, deflects it in. Gold Knights are on the board, and it was their first goal by a forward at 5-on-5 five five in like 25 years. So the Gold Knights are off and running. one to nothing. they have the lead. And then the floodgates started to open. William Carlson on the power play. And then Shea Theodore almost had a, another power play goal, but got wiped out because of goalie interference. And then Tomas Nosek, who started at the fourth line center once again, scored on a beautiful tic-tac-toe goal involving Chandler Stevenson and Nick Waugh. And that was all the Golden Knights needed on this night after being shut out in game one. Now, here's what I want to mention here. We've talked a lot about how Vegas' offense has not been getting it together. We've been talking about how their offense needs to get going. We talked about it last night, about how important it was for guys to get on the scoreboard in these games. And you know we'll elaborate on that in just a little bit. But what we haven't discussed really is how good Vegas' defense has been over the last five, six games. They have been absolutely tremendous. They've gotten great goaltending from Leonard and Flurry. That That's not even a discussion Vegas's defense, if they continue to play at this type of pace for an entire 60 minutes, and if they can continue to get at least one or two goals a game, that might be enough to win an entire series at this rate because they were able to shut down Vancouver. They were able to shut down Dallas, really. If, if not for the fact that John Klingberg scored on the game's first shot on Sunday night, we could be looking at a situation where Vegas could be up 2-0 in this series, but not even just that. It's the fact that they have been able to keep Dallas quiet for the better part of, say, 117 minutes. And this defense has allowed only one goal, really, in the last 180 minutes. And again, we've talked about the lack of Vegas offense. The defense needs to get some credit here because even though there may be some breakdowns here or there, even though there may be some odd man rushes here and there, the Golden Knights have found a way to be very effective in the neutral zone. And once again, they showed it tonight that if they can control the pace of the game and control the play in the neutral zone, they're going to win this series. Like it's not even a question because now that they've realized that they have found a way to finally score goals on Anton Kudobin, and again, the first goal was the biggest one. You get into the dirty areas, you get Stasny in front of the crease and he deflects it past Kudobin. You find a way to get the goals in front. If you give Vegas a one nothing, two nothing lead early, you're pretty much in good control because they have done such a good job of suppressing shots and clogging up the neutral zone that it's going to make it near impossible for teams to want to play an efficient offense on this team. So the defense continues to be great as far as the offense goes. Pete DeBoer shuffled the lines a little bit in game two, and we will discuss how those combos played in a little bit. But first, friends, today's episode is brought to you in part by rockauto.com, the family business having served auto parts customers for 20 years. 
rockauto.com is the shop for all auto and body parts for your car or truck they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and even new carpet you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and have the parts delivered right to your door best of all prices at rockauto.com are reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so if you are someone working at an auto parts store you can get something for five bucks if you do it yourself at home you can get that same thing for five dollars all you have to do is go to rockauto.com and see everything available for your vehicle right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that that, uh, we sent you and even if you put in locked on golden knights that's even a little bit better amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and as a reminder friends you can follow the show on twitter at locked on vgk and you can follow me on twitter as well at danny webster 21 if you'd like to send an email to the show we do have that avenue available to you locked on golden knights at gmail.com is the place to do that and again i am glad you're here hanging out with me tonight today tomorrow whatever the case may be whenever you're hearing this podcast i appreciate you just know that you are appreciated and you're awesome. That's all I wanted to say to you. All right. So we talked about this earlier before we uh, get going here. Peter DeBoer did shuffle the lines, at least the middle six, heading into game two. And going into game two tonight, all that was told to us really from Pete DeBoer was not to worry about the offense. And we and we kind of touched on it uh, yesterday as well because he, along with listing every player that really hasn't scored in what seems like 20 years – DeBoer did say that it was not fair to lump together games five through seven against Vancouver, knowing that they were going against Thatcher Demko, who was a giant living flamethrower to this point, along with game one, which is a completely different game in that situation. So all of that can be taken into consideration. But what apparently we did not take into consideration because was Pete DeBoer did not like how the Golden Knights played in game one, which I mean, that's not a secret, but so much to the point that he ended up changing the lines in game two. So the top line, the Carlson line, did stay the same. So Carlson was still with Marsha Solon-Smith. Second line was Alex Tuck on the left, Chandler Stevenson in the middle, and Mark Stone on the right, to which I, the the minute I saw that line, I said, oh no. Because I had been giving Chandler Stevenson so much grief over the last couple of games, or really for the last couple of weeks, I should say, and he's still a top six player, and now you're putting him on a line where Alex Tuck is in his off position, not on the right. If he, if Stevenson does not drive the offense on that line and those two cannot score, that's going to be a problem. Then you go to the third line. Max Pacioretty, Paul Stasny, and Nick Waugh. Now, I thought Waugh had been... Actually, it's not just me that thought. All of us, I think, have thought that Waugh was fantastic with Nick Cousins and uh, Alex Tuck on that third line. But now Waugh gets to play with two veterans, two savvy veterans who are very good at moving the puck and can find the youngster in the right spots. And then the fourth line, Carrier, Nosek, Reeves. Now, when asked after the game if this might be something that sticks with DeBoer, he said it could be a possibility. And I'm I'm a firm believer of the mantra, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if you score three goals with these combinations and a little bit of switching here and there, I think you got something here. Because 
again, you first look at these lines, you're like, why? Because again, Stevenson wasn't great. And I thought he was better off dropping to either, either fourth line center or he needed to take a night off because he had just not been clicking with this group since the return to play plan happened. So to see him centering a line with Tuck and Stone was weird because again, Tuck doesn't play on the left and their speed could their speed could play a factor and it ended up being a big factor on this night. But then you drop Pacioretty to the third line, which is glaring because he's been quiet the last few games. But the problem was that Pacioretty before these last few games, he was on a tear, five goals in four games. But again, you put him and Stasny, two guys who are very familiar with playing with each other, you put him with Wah, who was one of the guys I mentioned yesterday, needs to get going in order to kind of help this team find the depth scoring that it need that it needs to uh, to suffice. So that could have happened, and that's exactly what happened on this night. Tuck Stevenson and Stone had five shots while allowing three. They didn't make as much of an impact at five on five, but the th- but the three were actually really good all night. You could tell that they were driving the offense. Stevenson was good with Tuck. I think I would like to see a little bit more from them, uh, especially when you get them, you know, maybe in odd man rushes, if Stone can make a defensive play here and there. And I mean, we know about Stevenson's defensive game, how solid he can be. If Stevenson and Stone can kind of dictate the defensive game and Stevenson and Tuck can get out into the rush and make some plays in the offensive zone, I think that line has the capability of being good, but I need a bigger sample size in order to come to that conclusion. The best line of the night was the Stasny line. By far, the best night belonged to Paul Stasny, Max Pacioretty, and Nick Waugh. Nine shots for seven against, including Stasny's goal in the second. But Waugh was a great net front presence for gold, for the Golden Knights tonight. He had a couple of chances in the first period that he should have potted. He had one shot, I think, from the high slot where Kudobin made a big glove slave. And then uh, I think it was like, what, 15, 20 seconds remaining in the first period uh, Pacioretty sets him up in front, and if Waugh gets a handle on this puck, he scores, and the Golden Knights go into the intermission up one nothing. Instead, he fans on it, but that's more involved in terms of shots on goal and att- and shot attempts that Nick Waugh has had in the last couple of weeks, in the last two three weeks, than he's had than he had tonight. I mean, for some reason, Waugh looked invisible for the most part for the last couple of weeks. Tonight, he looked fantastic. The changes worked, and that's the important thing. The changes worked. Whether they can be kept up later on remains to be seen, but for one night, Vegas got what it needed from the forward depth. Now, you'd probably like to see a little bit more from the likes of Riley Smith, from the likes of Jonathan Marchessault. If Nick Cousins get back into the lineup, you would like to see that as well, but even when you're changing the lines as much as Vegas is, you still get rewarded by having that pretty goal from Tomas Nosek late in the second period. And again, we talked about it last night, some of the names that need to get get involved. Stasny was one of them. Carlson was one of them. Stevenson and Waugh were names that were mentioned. And then they combined with Nosek for the prettiest goal of the night, getting them on the, on the point sheet for the first time in a number of games. So that is a great way to get yourself going and to get yourself involved in the offense. So the Golden Knights got what they needed in the second period. And this game was a complete flip of game one. Not only have they found that they can put goals on the board, but their defense has been really good, as we alluded to earlier. In the past two games, that you can feel really good about carrying these kinds of performances, both game one and game two at the end of the day, 
you can take those performances into game three. And again, I stick by the mantra of if it ain't broke, do not fix it under any circumstances whatsoever. And again, I'm not even sure these lines will stick. But if this is the kind of performance you're going to get from the, from these lines, you might as well try it again in game three because now, knowing how well you played defensively the last two nights, you got a real chance of going up 2-1 in this series and, and really making some noise heading into game three on Thursday night. All right, a couple of news and notes from around the league before we get out of here. We'll start within the Golden Knights organization. As it, when, as it was announced today that general manager Kelly McCrimmon has sold the Brandon Wheat Kings of the Western Hockey League to J&G Group of Companies. Uh, the sale ends McCrimmon's 31-year consecutive run with the organization, three as a player, 28 as an owner. McCrimmon, uh, who had been with the Golden Knights organization since the very beginning, uh, said that with him becoming the Golden Knights general manager back in May of 2019, moving on from the organization was going to need to happen sooner or later, Jared Jacobson, the president and CEO of the JNG Group, takes over as the owner of Brandon. And again, a very successful and uh, fruitful run for McCrimmon and the McCrimmon family with the Brandon Weekings. The NHL is moving the NHL draft up a few days from its original plan of starting on October 9th. Multiple reports have uh, come to surface that the draft will take place between October 6th and 7th. The tentative end date for the NHL season this year is still set for October 2nd, so now with the draft coming four days later, the NHL still hopes to iron out plans for starting next season at an ideal time, whether it be December or January. There's still the hope of free agency starting within a few days after the draft as well. Um, So a lot of moving parts, a lot of interchangeable parts could be taking place within that first week of October when the Stanley Cup is awarded either on the final day of the regular season or a few days before it, and then leading into the draft and leading into free agency. And again, in case you forgot, the New York Rangers hold the number one overall pick and they will be likely taking Alexis Lafreniere unless somebody has a weird dream between now and then. And Lafreniere turns into some sort of maniac and does cartwheels over something. I don't know. Anything that could prevent the Rangers from taking Alexi Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere will be a New York Ranger on October 6th. That much we know. Senators forward Bobby Ryan was the recipient of the Masterton Trophy given to the player who best exemplifies qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. You will remember that Ryan took a leave of absence in November after dealings with alcohol abuse. He returned to the Senators on February 25th and scored a hat trick in his first game back. Flyers forward Oscar Lindblom, who had just returned to the Flyers lineup after dealing with cancer, and Stars defenseman Stephen Johns were also the finalists for the Masterson Trophy. So those are your news and notes around the league from a very eventful 24 to 48 hours uh, throughout the league. So that is pretty much going to do it really for me tonight, everybody. I mean, there's really not much else we can touch on to this point. The plan is for tomorrow, uh, I'm going to give a heads up. I'm going to the dentist tomorrow, and I'm going to get 
a uh, good old root canal going in one of my teeth. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, depending on how that goes and depending if I'm going to even be able to talk tomorrow, uh, I don't know if we should expect a show tomorrow, but I'm going to try my best. If not, then we're going to, we're just going to plug right through it and see what we can do. But I've, I've been known to do work even after getting, you know, a tooth pull, a wisdom tooth pulled or something like that. So I, I'm definitely not one to shy away from getting work done, but that is the plan. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a show tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. I, I will keep you all updated on the old Twitter if that is the case. Uh, Thursday is game three of the conference final. Again, uh, this would mean the Stars are now the home team after the Golden Knights were the home team the first two. Big game there involving game three. And to me, this this is going to be an important game, not just because the Golden Knights can't afford to go down 2-1 to one in a series, but if they can replicate what they did tonight, they're going to be in good shape. I know it sounds repetitive, but that that's truly how I feel. You play like you did again today, you're going to be winning some games in the series, and you're going to be inching one step closer to making the Stanley Cup Final. So, Game 3 is going to also be at 5 o'clock on Thursday on NBC Sports Network. Plan is to do another post-game pod on Thursday night, and then Friday we'll do another pod getting you ready for Game 4, which is supposed to be set for Saturday. So that's pretty much all I have tonight, folks. Thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All of that jazz is greatly appreciated. Again, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do that at LockedOnVGK. Follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. If you want to send an email, LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com is the place to do that. And again, I appreciate all the support, all the uh, good, kind words about the podcast. Everything is greatly appreciated. And I appreciate you. So thank you guys. We'll be back hopefully tomorrow. We'll see how I feel. I'll let you guys know. But until next time, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. The Golden Knights are tied at a game apiece. They are seven wins away from the Stanley Cup. There, I said it. I've been saying it on Twitter the whole time. But yeah, they are seven wins away from the Stanley Cup. Game three is on Thursday. We'll see you then. Have a, as I hit the microphone, I'm so excited. Have a good night, everybody.